You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What a world! Welcome on all to another episode of the Ocho, presented to you in partnership, as always, with SB Nation's blog and theboys.com. My name is Arjo Ochoa. You know me, of course, from BTB and from Mighty as your humble host on the Ocho. It is Tuesday, September 29th, 2020. We hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you enjoyed what many expect to be one of the greatest games in the history of Monday Night Football. Now, obviously, that game between the Kansas City Chiefs and Baltimore Ravens has already happened by the time you're listening to this, but that game has not yet happened at the time that I am recording this. Welcome to the magic of podcasting. Now, I have chosen the Baltimore Ravens to be the team that will win this game. I had the Baltimore Ravens as the top team in my power rankings that I wrote last week at blogoftheboys.com. A reminder that it is Tuesday and I put out power rankings every Tuesday. And we also tell you in our power rankings at blogoftheboys.com where the rest of the internet is ranking the Dallas Cowboys. I have a feeling that they will not be very kind to America's team this week. I have the Cowboys as the 18th best team in the NFL, but I digress. You can read them for yourself depending on when you're listening to this, make sure you check out bloggingtheboys.com. They usually come out about lunchtime. Uh, like I said, I don't know exactly when you're listening to this. Once again, the magic of podcasting. Final note, it is Tuesday, which means there is a new episode of the 750 with myself and two-time Super Bowl champion Tony Casillas coming your way later on today, right here in your Blogging the Boys podcast feed. Make sure you search for Blogging the Boys wherever you get your podcasts. We are available on all major podcast platforms. Hit the subscribe button, leave a rating, write a review. Be honest in your review. We certainly appreciate your honesty. Uh, those things really help out and so um yeah but we have a lot of things to get to obviously the Cowboys lost to the Seattle Seahawks last Sunday and the dust is still settling there things haven't quite totally turned to the Cleveland Browns yet they will formally and properly tomorrow when the Cowboys get back to work today is of course their off day now I want to start off with a note from Greg Bell who does a fantastic job of covering the Seattle Seahawks for the News Tribune Greg noted that Dak Prescott who threw for 472 passing yards on Sunday against Seattle that his 472 passing yard performance was the best one from a yardage standpoint that any quarterback has ever had against the Seattle Seahawks. That's right. On Sunday afternoon, Dak Prescott threw for more yards against the Seattle Seahawks than anybody ever has in the history of the world. And the Dallas Cowboys found a way to squander this performance, a point that we are all really obviously upset by. Now, this was a big talking point, a big discussion all day long on Monday. Dak should have help. The defense should help him out, special teams, etc. I have been somebody who has been critical of the Cowboys. Cowboys defense and Cowboys special teams units. They obviously are the group that is letting down the team at least three weeks into the season. I know they have a one and two record, but obviously we all know the Cowboys could easily be 0 and 3. Now, I wrote something in length if you want to check it out at bloggoftheboys.com. I talked about this briefly in our post game show here on the Ocho, but obviously we've had some time to really look at the data that came out of Sunday's loss to the Seahawks. Now, Mike McCarthy said on Monday that he is fine with Tony Pollard remaining the team's kickoff returner. I respectfully disagree with that assertion by Mike McCarthy, unless the Cowboys are planning on just taking knees every kickoff. Now, Tony Pollard has returned seven kickoffs 
for the Cowboys so far this season, and they have generally not been very good. Now, the first one, we'll start again in Los Angeles, going in order here chronologically. The first kickoff that Tony Pollard fielded for the Cowboys landed at the, at the team's six-yard line. Now, obviously, if the ball lands outside of the end zone, what can Tony Pollard do? He has to return it, and he did return this to the 27-yard line, a gain of 21 yards, and it is past the 25-yard line starting point, which is, of course, where you get the ball if you take a knee or take a touchback. The second return that Tony Pollard had on the season, again, landed outside the end zone at the five-yard line. He took it all the way to the 32-yard line. I've obviously got no issues with this. The third one landed at the goal line, so he has to bring that one out, and he brought it back to the 13-yard line. Yuck. That was against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, this is where the problem began for Tony Pollard. It was during that Falcons game. The next three kickoffs all land inside of the end zone, yet Tony Pollard decides to bring them all out. These were all against the Atlanta Falcons. This is his fourth kickoff of the year. The ball lands at the Cowboys' negative five-yard line, well within the end zone, and he brings it out to the team's 17-yard line. That is technically a gain of 22 yards or a return of 22 yards from the point that Tony Pollard fielded it. However, it is eight yards behind the point where the Cowboys would have started if he had just taken a touchback. You cannot make those mental errors. The next one, the ball lands at the Cowboys' negative two-yard line, again, inside the end zone, and Tony Pollard, to his credit, returns it a total of 28 yards to the Cowboys' 26-yard line, giving them plus field position to start that drive. Again, tip of the hat, that is well done. This is one of the more egregious ones to me. The ball lands at the Cowboys' negative seven-yard line. This is the deepest landing kickoff that Tony Pollard has fielded this year. Negative seven yards. You got no business returning that. And to be be fair, to his credit, Tony Pollard returns that to the Cowboys' 24-yard line, which in a literal sense is a 31-yard return. However, you are still behind the point that you would have been if you just had taken a touchback. And it's these little decisions, and these are things that I've been harping on and maybe you feel they're minuscule but those are the things that add up something like that can come home to roost and it happened on the road in Seattle as we saw Tony Pollard by the way his first and only kickoff that he fielded against the Seahawks landed at the negative two yard line so again inside the end zone as you know Tony Pollard decided to field that kickoff he stumbled he muffed it whatever you want to call it and the ball is at the Cowboys one yard line turns into a safety etc 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 now Tony Pollard did not return any more kicks for the Cowboys, and by that I mean he did not bring any out. The rest of the kicks that the Seahawks had, the rest of the kickoffs were all touchbacks. I I just, I don't see a point in this. I I truly don't, and I'm not trying to harp on it or pick on anybody. I don't see a point. I'm, I'm a fan of efficiency, and I think that you are you are wrecking a level of efficiency by trying to pull something off that is difficult. The NFL moved the starting point from touchbacks to the 25-yard line for a reason, and it was to mitigate the number of returns that would happen. You are not going to beat that no matter how you how much you want to. You're just not. It is simply not going to happen. So that is the first point of contention that I have, a place where special teams are failing the Cowboys. Obviously, Greg Zerline missed a field goal in the first game of the year, a game that the Cowboys lost by three points, had the two missed extra points. Obviously, one of them was blocked against Seattle. I mean, there's a lot to say there. But the other thing that needs to be said, the Cowboys are getting no help from their defense. And by that, I don't just mean they're allowing other offenses to score at will. Obviously, it's been talked about how they've allowed 77 points over the last two weeks. That is very not good. I'm going to tell you the starting field position for every Cowboys drive. 
in 2020. Three games worth. All right. There are 36 true possessions here because one of them was just right before the end of the half um, against the uh, the Seattle Seahawks, I believe. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes, it was against the Seattle Seahawks. But this is the starting point for every Cowboys drive. And I wrote about this. So if you want to see it for yourself, just head on over to blogontheboys.com or my Twitter and you'll see the link. Uh, we'll go through this briefly. Uh, their own 25-yard line, their own 20-yard line, 25-yard line, 27-yard line, 32-yard line, 25-yard line, the Los Angeles 39-yard line. That was after the Cheetah Bay Wuze interception against the Rams in week one their own 35 yard line their own 12 yard line their own nine yard line every possession against the Falcons started on their side of the field their own 23 24 13 13 32 25 25 26 17 24 25 24 and 46 yard lines just like it did or just like the situation unfolded against the Falcons it unfolded the same way against the Seahawks where the Cowboys started every possession on their own side of the field their own 20 yard line one yard line shout out to Tony Pollard. 35 yard line 20 20 25 20 25 25 25 six yard line 11 yard line six yard line and 25 yard line two games in a row two games in a row that the Dallas Cowboys have gone a professional football team in the National Football League two games in a row the Dallas Cowboys have gone without a starting field position on the plus side of the 50 yard line we were told that this defense was going to be more aggressive we were told that this defense was going to play with more chance we were told that these things were going to lead to them getting burned which we have definitely seen that part of but it was also going to lead to turnovers and shorter fields we have seen this offense perform we have. We've seen this offense. Think about this. Of, of the Cowboys' last four possessions against the Seahawks, obviously the last one was the interception, whatever. But before that, the three before that started on the six-yard line. They went 94 yards for a touchdown. The 11-yard line, they went 89 yards for a touchdown. And the six-yard line, they didn't quite go 94 yards, but they ended up with a field goal. The point is they started three consecutive drives either on their 11-yard line or worse and got points on all of them. Imagine how differently these games would go if the Cowboys' defense could just force a turnover or force punts in better situations and that that is I think what is the most frustrating thing and it was revealed on Monday during Mike McCarthy's press conference I, I say revealed it was reported that Earl Thomas free agent Earl Thomas is visiting or set to visit and set to work out for the Houston Texans again I'm recording this on Monday afternoon about 5 30 p.m central standard time so keep that in mind if something has happened between now and then and I think that that's where a lot of people are frustrated people are, are saying okay what you're doing is not good Good enough. Stephen Jones said on 105 through the fan on Monday that the team at the moment has no plans to bring in anybody from the outside as far as bringing in secondary help. Mike McCarthy said that he likes what the Cowboys have in terms of their secondary options. I'm not trying to bag on anybody, but what you have is not good enough. The results overwhelmingly show this, and it's only three games, and there's a lot of qualifiers that are necessary here but right now your secondary specifically looks really bad and you're beat up you've got injuries that's all fair and that's all true but in the meantime at least why don't you go do something or else you're going to end up in these holes and you're going to have your quarterback throwing for more yards against that team than anybody ever has and still lose and so that's that's kind of where I'm at um you know in terms of the Cowboys secondary I know a lot of people want to see a lot of moves and I don't blame you for that um I do think it should be said and obviously this could change um with Monday Night Football so I'm 
I'm going to assume that this holds up, or I'll just say at the time of this recording, Alden Smith is the sack leader in the NFL. Alden Smith has four sacks through three games. He had three and a half sacks through his nine games with the Oakland Raiders. So he has more sacks in a third of the time uh, with the Cowboys than he did with the Raiders. You think about Darren McFadden, Amari Cooper, now obviously Alden Smith. The Cowboys are really good at taking players that uh, the Raiders used and didn't get a lot of and getting a lot of that of them themselves. You think about Rolando McLean even. Um, So that's kind of cool. But Alden Smith, um, I mentioned this on Monday Football Monday. I think Alex Smith deserves his own sort of comeback player of the year. Like they should rename the award after Alex Smith. The fact that he's even on an NFL team is amazing. Uh, But in terms of on-field production, I don't know anybody that's beating out Alden Smith for a comeback player of the year at this point. So, uh, but again, we're only three weeks in. So, you know, it is what it is. I do want to add one last thing. (laughs) I know that I, I said I was done on the Cowboys secondary. Pro Football Focus tweeted out that the Cowboys have allowed a 126 Point six passer rating in coverage through week three, which is the worst in the NFL. Got to do something. You've got to do something. You simply have to do something. Um, other thing, uh, maybe an optimistic note. I went back and I looked that Mike McCarthy's records, uh, his records through three weeks during his time as the Green Bay Packers head coach. Obviously, this is his first year with the Dallas Cowboys. He's never been a head coach anywhere else. Um, Now, Mike McCarthy started off one and two, four other times as my dog here uh, wants to be part of the show. He he wants to be pet. You know how it is. Uh, But so I'm petting my dog bear with one hand and and trying to podcast with the other. But Mike McCarthy starting off one and two in four other instances with the Green Bay Packers. The first time in 2006, that was still with Brett Favre as the team's quarterback. The Green Bay Packers went 8-8, eight and eight, ironically, and missed the playoffs. In 2012, the Green Bay Packers went 1-2 and two in their first three games. They ended up 11-5, and five, lost in the divisional round. I believe that was to the San Francisco 49ers. In 2013, the Green Bay Packers were 1-2 through three games, ultimately went 8-7-1. and one. You'll remember the 2013 Green Bay Packers came back against the Cowboys, as we all know, the Matt Flynn game. Um, and thanks to the Chicago Bears really kind of collapsing, we're able to uh, make it into the playoffs themselves. They lost in the wild card round. I believe that was also to the 49ers, if I am not mistaken. Um, and in 2014, the Green Bay Packers started off one and two, finished 12 and four. Des caught it. You know the rest. Obviously, that season also ended in Seattle. Ironically, um, that's three years in a row: 2012, 13, and 14 that the Packers started off one and two and made the division. Excuse me, made the playoffs in all three of them. And I think some of that is that the division was bad. I, I know that. Look, the NFC East is really bad right now, and I know that nothing really compares, but think about what the NFC North was like at that point in time. Uh, That 2012 year, that was Adrian Peterson's uh, MVP season, the Christian Ponder-led Vikings. Um, Obviously, that was Jay Cutler's Bears, and and the Lions were really just kind of figuring things out themselves. There was no real competition for the Packers at those times, and so I think that that's a similar situation for Mike McCarthy is that he's one and two, and it's not like there's a real true competitor, you know, in the NFC East. I mean, they're the teams the Cowboys primary threat is 0-2-1 and And so um, I'm that's all I'm saying is if you're looking for optimism that's where I would turn and that's where I would look Uh, but you know it is what it is Uh, the final thing that I think we should note is that there is a lot of chatter and a lot of discussion uh, around the internet and certainly coming from Seattle about Tristan Hill 
Tristan Hill had a tackle on Chris Carson in Sunday's loss that uh, was definitely questionable to say the least. I know you know what I'm talking about. He's being accused of making a dirty play. Um, obviously, nobody knows what the intent was except for Tristan. This play does not look great, honestly. Uh, Mike McCarthy said he doesn't believe there was any intent. Um, KJ Wright, who obviously plays for the Seahawks, came out and called for more than a fine. Um, obviously, Seahawks players are going to back their guy. Obviously, Mike McCarthy is going to back his guy. Again, Truthfully, this does not look great for Tristan Hill, but we'll see uh, what ultimately comes of it. I would expect, personally, a fine to be coming Tristan Hill's way at the very least. Uh, but that about does it for our Tuesday episode. I know it feels like the sky is falling. I know it feels terrible. I know that I've got the Cowboys 18th in my power rankings, but everything's going to be okay. It's ultimately, you know, they're one and two. The division's bad. It's going to be a long year, and we'll see what happens on Sunday because the Cowboys have lost two games. I realize that. But the teams they've lost to are really good. If the Cowboys come out and beat the tar out of the Cleveland Browns, we have a different discussion. If the Cowboys come out and, you know, don't play so well, well, we have a different discussion. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, that about does it for Tuesday's episode here on the Ocho. You can hear me again later on today on the 750 with two-time Super Bowl champion Tony Casillas. You can also you can do me a favor, all right? You can have the absolute best Tuesday of all time. You know why? Because you deserve it. We will see you manana, my friends. As always, go Cowboys and peace out. Thank you.